Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Along with Mike Sealski, I'm Glenn Macnow. We always cherish our opportunity to talk to one of our favorite people, the manager of the 2007 world champion Phillies, Charlie Manuel. Charlie, how are you? I'm doing good, doing great. Good. Mike, you set it up. So, Charlie, I I think this is so cool. Charlie is coming out with a T-shirt line. Going to be called Charlie Knows Best. The T-shirts are going to feature kind of your perspectives on hitting. And the cool part about this is that $5 from every purchase of these T-shirts is going to benefit RIP Medical Debt, which is a national nonprofit that will strengthen communities by abolishing medical debt. Every $100 donated relieves $10,000 in medical debt. And as part of launching this T-shirt line, Charlie's going to be at The Monkey's Uncle, which is a vintage T-shirt shop in Doylestown on the night of Wednesday, October 5th from 7 o'clock to 8.30. And there's going to be some great giveaways. You're definitely going to want to be there to try to get in line, to talk hitting with Charlie. Uh, Charlie, you know, what's it like to be a T-shirt mogul? (laughs) (laughs) I... (laughs) Hey, I'm starting to get a lot of attention. I think people are going to start thinking I need attention. But it's actually, actually, all I got to do is walk around the ballpark or go somewhere downtown, in, especially in Philly or Reading or uh, Lehigh Valley, and I get all the attention I need. Oh, you but, are. Uh, uh, I was, uh, I was, I met up with uh, uh, Mark Adams, uh, and we were sitting and talking, and you know, like he's the guy that makes the t-shirts, and I started. Uh, we started just chatting and uh and uh we come up with the fact that you know like uh that i i did uh, you know like i wanted to help out when he told me what it, what 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 it was for and uh i i agreed to you know like help him put out some t-shirts and uh you know like and i wanted to help people out that, that couldn't pay their uh hospital bills and things and uh you know like because i was always lucky and seemed like uh, I had some serious uh, illnesses along mm-hmm. uh, yeah. my baseball career and stuff like that, and I always had major league insurance and great uh, uh, people around me, and uh, and uh, you know, like I just wanted to give something back and help. Really, I think it's great. All right, want to talk a little baseball with you? Um, I'm remembering back to 2007 when this team made the playoffs and got knocked out pretty quickly. Um, I'm looking at this year's current Philly team and hoping they make the playoffs and go on an extended run, but maybe they won't. What happened uh, when you made the playoffs and got knocked out quickly, and then, of course, next year won the World Series? Do you think or how do you think going to the playoffs the first time, even just for a quick exit, how did that benefit the team? I think it, what 
I think once we got there and we we got eliminated in three games, I think it. Uh, I think at, actually in that uh, uh, era right there, where you know, like we started when I first started managing here, and it seemed like we kept improving, and that that's because that we kept adding uh, talent to our team, and and uh, and then when uh, we got knocked out in Colorado. I feel like that that was that was probably the lowest mark on, on our team after that game as far as uh, disappointment and uh, it was real quiet all the way home. Nobody said nothing, and uh, I think that that uh, in some ways you know like that inspired us even more because when we got to spring training the following uh, season and uh, I got up to talk, you could tell there was more. more uh, uh, energy and fight and everything like that in a room and you know like and I didn't have to say a whole lot of, you know like our guys was ready and wanting to play and uh you know like they I also I feel like that they felt like they let let the fans down you know like that uh, that was one of the most depressing uh losses you know like I uh that we had there I think and, and but that inspired us the next year and I know it did Charlie when you think back to 2008 then um you know the phillies hadn't won a world series since 1980 i think it took at least some of the fans a long time to really give themselves to the team and think okay this team really can win a world championship it's capable of it was there a moment in 2008 either during the regular season or in those playoffs where you knew in your head and in your heart wow this is a team that not only can win a championship, that is, but is it's got that thing that makes you think we are going to win a championship. I totally agree with that thing that we're going to win a championship because of, uh, you know, like in 2008, you know, like uh, it seemed like we it was wasn't hard for us to stay focused every day because and that we love we love to play baseball and we love to play in front of our fans. And uh, I think our team liked the attention it got from our fans and everything like that. And 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 of course the, our game, you know, how we played, you know, like we we had a big offense and we, you know, like we could manufacture runs in about any uh, like power, speed, any any way you want to put it. And that was that was a, a t- tremendous talented team. But the fans also fell in love with the, with our team, and we had to gain that. Uh, love and respect, and uh, and actually, you know, like I in two hundred eight, I never, I never, I there wasn't a point I didn't think that we was not going to win. Mm-hmm. Believe me. Yeah, well, and it came to be. Your strength. We're talking to Charlie Man, Charlie Manuel, who's got uh, doing some terrific work uh, with a retro vintage inspired T shirt company, and we'll explain a little bit more of that coming up again, but. Charlie, my interpretation of of your strength was always that you had this ability to keep a clubhouse together year after year, high salaries, big egos. They all respected you. You communicated. You had humor. Rob Thompson is a different kind of cat. He's like just really calm and quiet. But it seems, I'm going to give you my interpretation and ask uh, how you feel about it, that he is a guy who, by presenting his calm kind of keeps it over that clubhouse and that is his strength i guess i'm really asking you for your your take right now on what rob thompson is bringing i think it uh you know, some, uh first of all I'm, I'm 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 excited and i'm glad that robbie thompson you know like uh you know like uh, got a chance to manage in the major leagues and mm-hmm. i think that uh I, I i've always liked talking to him he's a communicator 
And I think it, uh, what we were talking about, we're talking about a guy, he's kind of got a, a kind of a low demeanor to him, but he's got a communication skills. And he's always had that, especially ever since he's been in the major leagues, because to me, like, uh, he's always worked for, uh, teams that needed a buffer in the middle, and he was always that buffer. And, and he was, was the guy that walks around after the game in the locker room and he sees who's up, who's high, who's down, or, and, or here's problems that somebody's having or what's going on. And I think that he, uh, uh, that's who he is. And, you know, like, uh, he, he has a good way of, uh, getting to people and, uh, he gives them, he lets them talk and also gives them a lot of attention too. So, you know, like, and he, he, he's definitely, uh, did a tremendous job and I'm very happy for him, really. So, Charlie, you had, you know, in the, in the prime years of your managing time here in Philadelphia, you had a huge power hitter, a masher in the middle of the lineup in Ryan Howard, and you would bat him right. fourth pretty much every night. Right. Kyle Schwarber has 40 home runs in, as a leadoff hitter. I'm curious as to your thoughts about putting a guy like Schwarber in the leadoff spot and keeping him there. Well, you know, I think that, uh, you know, you know, uh, I always thought, you know, like when, when Ryan Howard, when I had him, you know, like uh, I told Pat Merrill when he first, uh, uh, when I first told him that he was my left fielder when I, when I first started managing here, you know, at, uh, you know, like and he was a regular left fielder. And uh, I said, with just one problem I got, I said, uh, you're, uh, you're not going to be hitting fourth. I said, I got a guy to hit fourth, and that's Ryan Howard because he's going to hit 50 homers. And, uh, that's a true story. And I look at, I look at Swarbs really, you know, like, uh, when he, if, uh, one thing is the season's gone on, you know, like I, to me, in my managing style, stuff like that, I'm not saying, uh, uh, I would probably hit Swarbs in the middle of the lineup somewhere like fourth, third, fourth, probably fourth, fifth, sixth, somewhere in that. But at the same time too, uh, in a leadoff hole, I think when I look at his production and everything like that, I'm not going to be disappointed about it. I'm not going to comment on it that it's right or wrong in no way because if you look at his run scored and his and his ribbies and the uh, the uh, the fact that he is uh, you know like uh, has has a good number like the number of RBIs and runs that he's uh, scored and things like that, uh, I would say that they could re- could relate to about it. Uh, any top three or four position in a lineup, really, and I, and so therefore, I on this team, I look at him, you know, like uh, you know, like I'll give that a, uh, uh, to the uh, Phillies, you know, like for putting him in the leadoff hole. Mm-hmm. Me, I like, I've always liked, uh, 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 you know, kind of a uh, get the game going with with the energy, life, and fire, and I've always liked the, the speed of a guy running and things like that, and like a Kirby Puckett or. Or uh, Ricky Henderson, or uh, Kenny Lofton, Tim Raines, like baby. Yep. Or yeah. or a Jimmy Tim, Rollins. Tim Raines. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yep. Guys like that, but at the same time, too, baseball's changing, and you know, like, and whether you uh, uh, like it or not, if you if you're going to love baseball, you got to uh, uh, you know, like, kind of change with it, I guess. And uh, you know, like, and I think actually uh, he's produced in the leadoff hole. When you look at his stats, if that tells the story, well, then he's produced that. Charlie, one more. Is any different? <laughs> no, I, <laughs> nope. I hear you. One more for me. Uh, you are the hitting guru, and uh, I, I don't know that I can ask you to solve Bryce Harper's issues right now, but he's three for 31, three for his last 31, no homers, two RBIs. All, all great hitters get in slumps. Um, right. 
I don't know that. I mean, if you can tell us, that's great. His elbow's too high, whatever. But right. when you're when you're a manager, when you're a hitting coach, and you have a guy going through something like that, what do you tell him if right. you tell him anything? Yeah, I've been around. I want to tell you something. I definitely, you know, like I I've seen a lot of hitters, and I've been around a long time. And uh, when uh, I, I followed Harp when he came back, when he went down to Triple uh, A, I kept my iPad on because I could pick their games up on it. And uh, you know he was down there a couple of days, and he and he and he just come right out hitting. But then you know like once that he comes back, you know like uh, I, I've always thought it takes you takes you a while. And uh, and and the reason is I, you know like I remember when Jimmy Rollins and come out of spring training, he was with his spring training, he goes and hits in the World Baseball Association, and he got some hits. I think he will you know like he come back. He had he was like. Seven for sixteen or eight for eighteen or something like that, and he told me he says I'm ready to go, I'm ready to play, and things like that. And you know, like he still needed some time. You know, like whether he just came back and had a big day, a uh, day or two from now, you know, like in our three days, four days would tell if he's ready. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I, I think that Harp's just going through. Uh, you know, like he just needs to see the ball some more, and you know, like get, start getting his bat on the ball and making solid contact. And it might happen today. It might happen tomorrow. But uh, but I do think it's going to happen within the next week or so. Uh, I I would say at least sometime along the next four or five days, he's going to start uh, getting some hits and, and getting his swing back. Right now, he, he's struggling to find his timing. Last one for me, Charlie, and we'll stick with the hitting theme. I think a lot of people look at Bryson Stott this season, and his numbers aren't great. His OPS is about 640 or so. Uh, he's hitting only 230, but it feels like number one, those when he's gotten hits, they've been impactful hits, and number two, the people look at him and can say, "Boy, that kid's got a future." You can see he will become a very good hitter. What do you see when you look at Bryson Stott? I uh, I think the same thing that that you just said. I think if, uh, Bryson's going to be a good. Uh, I think he's going to be a high, uh, kind of a high average hitter in today's market, and, and also I think that he's in, that he's going to hit twenty twenty five home runs. And I think that uh, uh, what's really I've been surprised with is how good he's played defense. I know he made a couple errors the other night, but before that, you know, like he almost had a clean slate. And uh, you know, he's uh, he's he, he loves to play. He's got a tremendous demeanor about the game. He don't get too high or too low. And he just comes every day, and you know, like, and uh, he uh, he works on playing baseball. And uh, I think the kid's got a really bright future. Yeah. All right, uh, Mike Sealski, tell us about Charlie's uh, involvement. So one last time, if you're interested in meeting Charlie, getting a few of his T-shirts on this new T-shirt line he's got going on, which is going to benefit RIP Medical Debt, come to the Monkey's Uncle T-shirt shop in Doylestown on Wednesday, October fifth. From 7 o'clock to 8.30, Charlie will greet fans, he will sign autographs, he will take photos, it's free to the public, and the first 50 people who pre-order a shirt through Monkey's Uncle will be guaranteed a spot among the first people to meet Charlie that night. There you go. Does this mean you're going to stop wearing those Hawaiian shirts, Charlie? No, I'll never stop wearing those. <laughs> All right. Hey, listen. Hey, hey, guys, listen, they, they kind of cover my stomach, so i, I got to keep wearing those. Uh, hey, <laughs> trust me, I, I, I'm there, pal. Uh, yeah. Charlie, it, it is always a pleasure. I mean, I think back to when we used to do the show back at Ponzio's and just how engaging you were and how great you were with people, and it's, it's always yeah. a pleasure to talk to you. Oh, I'll tell you something. Always, Glenn. But thank you. All right. All right. Be well. Yeah. All right. See Thanks. you soon. There you go. 
He's the best. He's yeah. the best. Just a, a quick story I want to relate um, about Charlie. If you remember, in 2006, in Charlie's second season managing the Phillies, he and Dallas Green had a very public yeah. back and forth. Dallas yeah. ripped him on WIP, and the next day at the ballpark, you know, he sought out Charlie, and Charlie was angry, and they had kind of a bit of a confrontation. And as a prelude to that, the night that they clinched the division in 2008 against the Nationals, if mm-hmm. you remember that great double play that yeah. Rollins to Utley to yeah, Howard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as the celebration was taking place on the field amongst the players, Charlie was back in his manager's office sitting behind his desk. And writers were coming in and out of that of the, the office that night to talk to Charlie. And he was watching the celebration on this giant screen TV he had on the wall. Mm-hmm. And on his desk, on opposite corners of the desk, were bottles of VO, okay? <laughs> that he was going <laughs> to drink to celebrate. Oh, he's and, living large. Yeah. So while in the office, his phone rings. And I'm standing there with him. And he answers the phone and says, hello, what's up, Dallas? And he starts talking to Dallas Green. And Dallas is calling to congratulate him. And it just, to me, it spoke to the kind of person Charlie was, that you could have that public uh, dispute with somebody, the only other manager to win a World Series in Philly's history. And then within two years, they were really good friends and got along so well. And I think that speaks to the human being that Charlie Manuel is. He's a big man. Uh, And as was Dallas. Yeah. Two of my favorites. Really enjoyed both of those guys. Uh, Let me get, uh, this is where I got to lower, people don't know this, but this is the time of day when the backlight from the sun behind me just puts... I can't see the screen. I'm going to close. I'm going to go to Matt in New Holland, and I'm going to let you talk to him, Mike, while I go close the window. Hi, Matt. Hey, how are you doing this morning, Mike? Doing great. Good, good. Hey, uh, good show you guys have here. Uh, Appreciate you, and you're doing a great job uh, taking over for Ray there. I appreciate that very much. Thanks. Yeah, I just wanted to call in and, you know... Talk a little bit about what I've been hearing this week from fans. Um, you know, a lot of people are not all in on the fields, and um, i got to be honest with you, I'm excited. I mean, it's been 11 years. I, I, I'm at the point where I don't care how they get there. Mm-hmm. I'm confident they're going to get there, and I'm fired up for postseason baseball. And as far as the Eagles um, and this weekend, I am. I think they're going to go down there and win the game, and I think they're going to give Wentz a lot of trouble. And, you know, I don't quite understand the whole thing of people, you know, not agreeing with booing him. I mean, you, you, if you're a fan, you have that right, <laughs> you know. And I just think he let everybody down in the city and never really completely addressed the fans. I think so he's starting birds. to. I th- you got it, Matt. Go Birds. Thanks, Matt. Uh, I think he's, he started to address it a little week, a little bit this week. Um, I think after what's happened with him over the last couple of years, he has to start doing yeah. a little bit of soul searching. It, yeah. it, it, it a little just, introspection. Yeah, it didn't just go bad here. It went bad in Indianapolis, too. Yeah, boy, they couldn't get rid of him fast enough. No. And they took a lot less than they paid the Eagles, too. Yeah. And, you know, look at the franchise he ended up with. It's not as if, you know, Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots took a chance on yep. him. It's Washington and Dan Snyder, it's not exactly a marquee franchise. All right, let me go to our next caller because I have the feeling I'm going to be running into you in a wedding next month, aren't I, Mitch? Yeah, well, November, yeah. Oh, November, November excuse me. Yeah, yeah. but I'm telling you, I got that invitation, and yeah. I thought, who schedules a wedding during an Eagles game? Yeah. It's by I, Now, here's my question. This is your niece, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. If there was an Eagles game that day, Mitchell, yeah. would you go to the wedding or would you watch the Eagles? Oh, come on. 
the wedding isn't it? Right? Yeah. Hey, listen, I, I missed all it. the games anyway. Like tomorrow, I'll be here at one. O'clock. I hate one o'clock games. Mitch guys. runs the hardware store. Mm-hmm. Cone and yeah. Cone and Company. Cone brother. What's it? Cone what? Cohen and Company. Cone and Company. Right there you go. Yeah. Down right off South Street. Yes. Yeah. So what's on your um, mind with the Eagles? You know, why am I not afraid that you know Hertz is running? But unlike any of our other quarterbacks, I would cringe. I'm okay with him running, and he just makes it look so effortless. And he's in fantastic shape. Did you guys see that um, that video of him like squatting 600 yes. pounds? Yes, back My in God. high school or college. Yeah, he's yeah. He is. He is. His lower body is very, oh. very strong. Yeah. Um, and it and it it's one of those not not his strength, but to your point, Mitch, the way that he runs to me is one of the things that really differentiates him. From Wentz, when Wentz left the pocket and started to yeah. scramble, there was this kind of wild abandon to him, where it almost seemed like he forgot that NFL defenders are every bit yeah. as big and yeah. fast and strong as he is. Hurts seems very much to be like, "Hey, I'm going to take the yardage that a team gives me. I will slide yeah. when I need to slide, but I will run through a tackle if I can." I mean, hopefully, but we get more W's. He's not, you know. Then you know, when you get deep into the season. Yeah, maybe you want him to run a little less, guys, but, you know, but... Uh, Ideally, you want him to, And thanks, Mitch, and I'll see you at the wedding, pal. I'll see you soon. All right. Uh, you want him to run less, but as you said at the start of the show, it is a very effective tool, since we just talked to the hardware store. Yeah. <laughs> very effective tool that he has. You have the opportunity this year to really win. I mean, I was watching the Bills week one, right? Mm-hmm. And they're up whatever, 15, 18 points in the fourth quarter, and Josh Allen's still running the ball. I'm thinking, what are you, crazy? But that's what you got. Yeah, and the the good comparison with a guy like Josh Allen and a guy like Hertz is, what you've seen from Allen the first couple of weeks is, boy, he's playing at such a high level, throwing the ball and not having to run, but opposing defenses know that he can if he needs to, and that's where you want to get to with Hertz, yep. is if he stays in the pocket and makes plays, that's ideal, and what's even better is if something's gone wrong, he can escape the pocket or he can run on a designed run and push and test the defense that way. Two on five, five nine two ninety four ninety four. Coming up, what we're watching. I think Mike is going to warn everybody off of a show, and I'll tell you the funniest thing I saw this week. Mike Sealski, Glenn Mack now, Saturday morning on 94 WIP. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.